for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is September 12th, 2023. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and with me as always, Mr. DJ Riley. DJ, what's going on, man? Hey, man. We're, uh, it's another day here in uh, September and as we get closer to an October day, and, and I think here in this podcast, a lot of people are going to listen to exactly what's on our minds right now. 100%. And, you know, today's episode is 327. Uh I do want it right off the rip before we get into it, because um, we're gonna we're gonna go down a big long dissertation in this whole podcast. It's just you and I today, but um, yesterday was a day of remembrance, September 11th, and you know everybody knows where they were when when the the towers got hit, and and there's a lot of stories, and it affected a lot of people personally, emotionally, and you know. I just want to take a hot second real quick. I know both of us do and just kind of do a moment of silence real quick for everybody fallen and everybody affected in September 11th, um, just to kind of remember them and and uh, just kind of reflect a little bit and just kind of give them their their time. So let's take a moment of silence just real quick here. All right. Yeah. I I think I I think we both felt like that was uh due and we needed to do that, you know what I mean? It it changed us this country for forever, you know, and uh it's pretty wild how something like that uh can happen. So, yeah, I actually I actually just got chills a little bit there when we did that, man, but it's uh like you said, we everyone can always remember where they were that day and I I know I'll I'll never forget and what was crazy is, you know, back on that day, you know, I was in my high school years. And so there was a lot of guys I went to school with that were making decisions at that time of what you were going to do after school. And I don't know if there's anything greater than that day that, of you know, 
affected a lot of the decisions of you know 18 year old kids back in the day and and uh you know coming from a military family and and you know servicemen and women it's dude that that day's heavy for sure yeah it definitely is and um you know i remember i was as well i was in junior high i remember what classroom i was in remember what seat i was in who my teacher was and everything and uh, i'll never forget them wheeling in the tv like a big box tv at the time and mm-hmm. on one of those big caster wheel uh deals into every classroom and turn it on and and you know watching it all it was pretty it was it was wild it was wild yeah we we actually had uh tvs in every classroom at our high school because they they did a a new there was like a news channel like a our own school had their own news channel every morning and I can remember I was in the second hour that day of electricity class and the TV popped on and I'll never forget it. Right in the beginning, the teacher thought someone was messing with the TV because they couldn't get it to change. You know what I mean? Where like the TV wasn't supposed to be on. So they thought I, I'll never forget the teachers like he's ever messing with the TV, turn it off, you know, and there was no turning the TV off. Like the, the school was yeah. they're playing it. And we sat there for for days, dude. Like that is yeah. our school. Like, you know, they're super, you know you know very proud of this country and they they we sat we sat and watched it man the whole thing and mm-hmm. it was unreal unreal man yeah definitely well today's podcast is uh gonna be just you and i um if everybody can kind of hear my voice it's different i've been battling a sickness uh feel a lot better now i'm just trying to get my voice back but uh coming out of kentucky i got pretty damn sick and couldn't even get out of bed one day when I got home and it was a rough weekend, but we're getting out of it and, you know, onward and upward from here because a big thing for us, for DJ and I, is we're going to the big house this Saturday in a couple days for the night game. Michigan's playing Bowling Green. Um, going to be tailgating all freaking day. There'll be a lot of beer mm-hmm. drank. It's going to be fantastic. And uh, I can't wait, man. It's It's going to be a blast. I I was just telling uh because my oldest daughter Marilyn she's going and I was telling we were talking this morning that it is so fun for me to have someone down there that hasn't been there yet to try to give them like a full experience you know and 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 it helps you know like you know recommending where to sit where to tailgate and you know I've been going to Michigan games for years so like we we have a pretty legitimate tailgate I mean we'll we'll tailgate with the best of them. And I like getting right down into the thick of the tailgates too. I'm talking like, you know, we'll, we'll take the cornhole boards, but you like most likely we get to play at half distance because there will be, you know, we're, there's, there's going to be 110,000 people. And I'll tell you what, even though, you know, it's a, it's a non-conference game, AB, the one thing about night games is, you know, most games at Michigan are about 109 to 110,000 people at night games they pack in there and i've i mean i've seen it upwards of like 114,000 people you know where it is okay i i'm not too sure we have enough seats for everyone but they're here to watch so let's go yeah and and so is you know if, if you're a listener to this podcast at all and you know dj and i are, are diehard michigan football or michigan fans alone um and it's probably hard to believe that i've never been to a michigan football game and i'm going to explain why um so for the last 12 years, I've been on hunting trips in September and then it rolls into October and it just, I just have never, you know, games start in September and, and it, then once it gets into big 10 play, it's kind of harder to get 
tickets. And, and then when you're in October, I'm not going to lie, I don't really want a, a Saturday to be spent at the big house. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's So my wife has actually bought us tickets for the last five years, and we've always had to sell them because something has always come up, like a trip has come up or I'm gone somewhere. This year it was finally like, nope, whatever comes up, we are going to the game. So um, I'm excited. My first one, uh, I know it's going to be a blast, and I think it's going to be my, the first of very, very many. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I just uh, can't wait for it. And now on the – I don't want to get down to too rabbit hole here, but, uh, you know, little brother just going through a lot right now. Mr. Michigan State himself, Mel Tucker, has uh, just been fired as of yesterday or two days ago. And, um, you know, what a dumbass. We'll just say that. He's just a dumbass. And um, I'm just going to leave it right there. So for all you <laughs> Michigan State fans, your program is a dumpster fire and your university really needs to get on track with what is going on. Yeah, it's that that's a whole rabbit hole in itself right there. You know, with what's kind of actually gone on there over there in East Lansing over the last few years with, you know, different allegations and stuff. And then this comes out on top of it, man. It's just it's unreal, you know, but I, you know, I've talked to a couple of Michigan State fans over the last couple of days and they, they honestly couldn't be happier to see that guy go, especially if, if that's what's, if that is the kind of person he is, because like he's fully admitted everything pretty much, like he, he's not shying away from it. That's not, I don't care who, what fan base you're from, like that is not a person that you want teaching young men how to be a man when they get out of mm -hmm. you know college someday but, but yeah i dude i'm so looking forward to this saturday you're talking 74 degrees for the high during the day so it's t-shirt weather for tailgating it's going to be sweatshirt weather because it's a night game that is one thing is is when you know you and your wife first started talking about going the game i think we you have firstly initially talked to me about going next weekend for the uh the big 10 opener but I believe it's a noon game, and even though the opponent would be a little bit better, I'm telling you right now, give me the night game every day of the week because the you know tailgating from you know eight in the morning to eleven is not as good as from tailgating from noon till six thirty at night. It just yeah. it is it's a whole different animal. It's super enjoyable, and actually, Madeline, she's she's been in a lot of games, but she hasn't been to a a night game at the big house yet. She's watched Michigan play at night down at the Big Ten Championship, but not at the big house. And uh, we will be the first. We will be the first to see all the new light show going on at the big house. So that's going to be awesome to see. Yep. I can't wait. So um, we'll get off the old college football train for right now, even though I could talk the next four hours about it. But today's podcast, in a, in a nutshell, is going to be DJ and I talking about our goals, our expectations, we're actually going to break down. I know I am. He's still on the fence. This is, we'll, we'll see what he wants to do here, but I'm going to talk about the deer that I'm actually going to be chasing this year, uh, our trips coming up, and uh, just kind of get into just the goals and expectations for 2023. We're on the brink here. I mean, the, the literally, you might not hear it in my voice because my voice is just, I, I still do feel not that great, but um, I mean, we're here at September 12th and I mean, you know, in two and a half weeks, we're going to be getting in a, in a tree and, uh, you know, I've already been in a tree, but it was hard to, uh, it was really hard to enjoy it when it's 97 degrees out and you're sweating your bag off. So, um, it was just more of like a couple of tree frogs out there just kind of hanging out really. But, um, <laughs> no, October's coming and, uh, 
it's uh it's gonna be here before we know it. So um let's let's get into some partners real quick here, everybody. Just uh let's let's rip these off and uh get them done so we can uh move on with the podcast. I'm gonna cough real quick. <coughs> you couldn't hear that because I muted myself, so that's just a trick of the trade that you can do when you're running the board. Uh but no, the the first and foremost is is our podcast website. Go to fallpodcast.com. Check out all our merch. We still have hats. We have multi-camo patch hats, Realtree original patch hats. We got the AB hat, patch hat, and the Riley patch hat. We still have some of those left. Um, go to the website and also look at the the hur- uh, hoodies, the shirts. We're trying to sell as many of those stuff out as we can. I know there's some sizes out of stock, which I apologize for, but trying to sell out of this stuff so we can recoup, like get more stuff in. So that's just why we're doing that right now. But go there, check them out, and uh, buy some merch for this fall. So uh, next is Latitude Outdoors. In my opinion, it is you know Latitude is the leader in mobile hunting and and efficiency and and just the standard in mobile hunting, in my opinion. And uh, right now, you guys can go there and use the code The Fall Podcast for fifteen percent off. We have new ropes in stock right now. They're really cool. Um, we're trying to trying to get those out there because it's kind of a different color scheme you got 10 mils and you have the vapor lines so go there check out the ropes if you guys want to upgrade those the code will work for those as well not to mention our new carbon ss climbing sticks those are in stock get you know go over there order those if you want a new platform we have x-wings back in stock x-wings is my platform uh of choice so go to latitude outdoors and check that out um you guys have been killing it on watching the grit on youtube our digital series right now i just wrapped up uh episode six i believe it was so indiana part one went live last friday and i'm just going to be starting on indiana part two editing that this week and then so it'll run next week so uh check that out and the in session podcast with jake bush the latitude in session go check that out anywhere you get your podcast uh next helix do you want to do you want do you want to do a little ad read on helix i mean i sure I know you, you got a tat you get you got an the, I, I will say, because you don't have the code in front of you, the code is FALLHX10 to save money on that. But kind of give me your take on the Helix Broadheads. Man, for if, if you're looking to shoot <laughs> a fixed blade broadhead, right now I think the FJ4 is, is second to none. You know, and I, it's been, I've shot fixed blades and mechanicals both for years, but I can truly say just screwing on the FJ4 on the end of, you know, one of these arrows here, it flies exactly the way I want it to, right out of the box, and and that says a lot to me, you know. And I know there's a, some of the back end is on me to make sure my bow is tuned properly, but when I can put that thing on right out of the package and it flies and hits where I want, dude, that that's exactly what I'm looking for. And the fact that I'm kind of scared to handle it sometimes <laughs> with my bare hands, I'm telling you right now, the things are the things are sharp, and I'm I'm looking forward to putting one through an animal. Yeah, I actually uh, loaded up all my arrows the other day and got them nice and neat into my quiver. So they are ready. They are dialed, mm-hmm. ready to go. Um, like I said, guys, the code is FALLHX10 if you guys want to get into a pack of those. Also, I've had some questions on the sharpeners. I personally like the pull-through uh, pocket sharpener. Um, that's my favorite. So you can use that code as well to get a sharpener and to keep those bad boys sharpened. So uh, Next, I'm going to move on to Exodus Outdoor Gear. Use the code TF, uh, TF as in tree, and 
fall or the fall, I guess I could have said. Um, use that code for 15% off on, uh, you know, a render or a rival or a solar panel. Uh, if they got arrows as well, you can use that. The five-year no BS warranty with theft and damage coverage on their on their cameras is awesome. You know, you're going to have a camera for at least five years. Uh, go to Exodus Outdoor Gear and try that out in Garmin. Uh, next one's Garmin. And, you know, other than I got poison ivy caught in my Garmin watch when I was in Kentucky, and now I got a ring of poison ivy. It looks like a watch on my hand. I haven't been wearing my Garmin watch in a while, so... Um, I got it cleaned off with Dawn dish soap, so hopefully all the the oils off it and everything. But uh, you know, we've been shooting these sites. I've been shooting these sites for well, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. This is year number five, and uh, been shooting them before they were in partner with the podcast. And I I say it every week. I don't have anything bad to say about them. Honestly, it, you know, I I started a new arrow profile, and that's my hunting setup. And to, when I go in there. Cause I've got my 3d set up for, um, the league that I'm doing right now. So when I shoot league, I just go over to the 3d arrow pop, boom, hit that. And then get my, put my 3d arrows in my quiver and I'm good to go. And then when I go hunting, pop over to the hunting setup and then put my hunting arrows in and I'm good to go there. I mean, it's, it's a no brainer and it is, is very efficient and I just love it. Yeah. I would, I would say for me, man, when I, when I think of that Garmin, you know, someone put a gun to my head and they said, give me one word to describe it. And it would be confidence, dude, because I, you know, every, every fall is so important to me to go into season, just being confident. And every night when I go out and whether it's one arrow or six arrows, how many I'm shooting, when I come back in the house tonight, it, during the night, you know, after shooting, it's just like, Dude, some, something's in trouble. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. that buck I'm after comes in range with that thing. It's they're in trouble. Yep. So if you guys want to check those out, visit your local Garmin dealer or go to Garmin.com. Uh, next is Buck Bourbon. You know, I checked my food plots the other day. God, they're looking lush and so sweet. Uh, Buck Bourbon has an assortment or a line of assortment. I don't even know what I'm trying to say there. A line of food plot seed that I've been using all spring and summer into the fall. Love it. Deer hammering it. It's grown really well. But they also have mineral and attractant, if you guys are into that, and um, and it's legal in your state. We cannot do it here. They also have ground blinds, and one of my favorite things that they're, that I'm, well, favorite, I shouldn't say favorite, one of the most exciting things I'm, I'm ready for is, is the new knife kit that they have out, and it's a, it's a whitetail hunter's freaking best friend, and it's, everything fits right into the pouch. You get a, you get a flashlight with batteries. You get two pairs of gut and gloves. You get a cape and knife. You get a gut and knife, uh, and a pelvic saw, I believe. And there should, I think, there's something else. I don't have it in front of me, but it's all in one sheaf. And the sheaf actually has reflective tape on it. So you know how, like, you're out gutting a deer out in the field or out in the woods. You can never find your. And the knife handles are orange, so they made them bright. You can never find it. Just flash your your uh, flashlight over that sheep and it glows and I'm like uh no brainer you know what I mean and it's mm-hmm. all in one package if you guys want to look into those or or even get something use the code TFP so the fall podcast but it's just TFP20 at buckbourbon.com uh to save some money on there and and I know you won't be disappointed in that stuff so um also prime uh I've, I I had a couple guys ask me 
last week about bows and they're wanting to get into new bows and everything and looking at the primes and everything and that's what I recommended. I recommend the Rev X2 just with my body type and how I like the feel of a bow. The Rev X2 is is where it's at. So if you guys are looking for a new bow or want to try something out, check them out at g5prime.com. Lastly, cert, but certainly not least, America's Best Bowstrings. They make the best string in the in the business. You can get a Pursuit Series, a Platinum Series, or a Premium Series. And uh, use the code THEFALL at americasbestbowstrings.com. So that is keeping the lights on. Let's get over to this. Or, I mean, we're just going to roll into it. I mean, just, just get into it. So I guess, <laughs> first and foremost, I'm going to have you take the reins from here. And uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you, you want to talk about first? Man, let's... Uh, I You know, I... You know, we talked about it a little bit before about, you know, like goals and ex- oh, expectations. Oh, I forgot. Hang on. Kind of thing. Okay. I've got a bet that I have to settle here. Ooh. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> oh, I just here thought it is. It. I'm like, man, I, I forgot something. So Good call. I forgot too. <laughs> Good call though. Yeah, I, I gotta I, I'm I'm a man. If I'm gonna make a bet, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be good on it. So I'll admit it. I was wrong. Okay. I was wrong. I was uh, and I'm doing this here. So DJ and I have a text chain going with, uh, uh, we call him Buckmaster, Richard Buckley, um, Dick Buckley, that, uh, you know, he was on episode 300 with us. And um, you've heard DJ Martin, DJ Riley, his brother-in-law. So we have a text chain going and, and DJ Martin is one of the biggest Lions, Detroit Lions fans there <laughs> is. Okay. I mean... No, there there isn't a bigger Detroit Lions fan. I mean, this guy it, b- breathes the roar, just loves mm-hmm. it, you know. And I, hey, I respect it because I love him too. Um, so we have a text chain, and and obviously, there's a lot of hype around the Lions right now. And I'm drinking every ounce of Kool Aid, even before the game on Thursday. Like, I, but I, DJ can ex- he can attest to this. I'm like a realist. I am mm-hmm. more of the like, man, they're going to be good, but, but they are the same. They are the Lions. We've lost for years. So coming into this game, they're playing the defending, you know, Super Bowl champions, Super Bowl. the Kansas City Chiefs, Thursday night, and the Chiefs are supposed to beat them and everything. And so we're going back and forth. And I don't have the text brought up right now because it's kind of hard for me to, we text so much in that text chain, but. The bet was something along the lines of DJ said, DJ Martin said, if, if the Lions win, you have to go on the podcast and basically explain that you were wrong in this. And, <laughs> and I said, okay, I'll do that. And then I had him do something. I can't remember what it was, but if, if the you, Lions... You t- you told him that if the Lions lost, then he had to go on to his social media and just... Tell all his friends and family that the Lions are just the same old Lions yes. and found a way to lost. That's yep. right. So the Lions ended up winning. Played a played a great game. Um, you know, and I do want to control some haters here that, you know, Travis Kelsey wasn't playing and Chris Jones wasn't playing for the Chiefs, and that's why they lost. I'm here to tell you right now, the Lions didn't have Kelsey or Chris Jones and they still won. So I'm just putting mm-hmm. that right there. You know, so it, that like because that. those guys didn't play doesn't mean, mm-hmm. you know, the Lions are fucking good, guys. They're good. So they end up winning 21-20. So DJ Martin, I am here to explain 
that I was wrong. <laughs> that the Lions won and I was wrong. There it is. I want to get on with the show because everybody's like, what are you doing? We're losing <laughs> listeners, but uh, hey, I'm keeping my end of the bet up, and uh, there it is. So Lions are 1-0, onward and upward. DJ, there you go, buddy. Yeah. Hey, that's right. that's not a bad bet to lose. If you're going to lose the bet, that's not a bad one to lose. Right yeah, there, no, you know? not a bad one to lose. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. But yeah, no, we, we talked about me you know, talking about this upcoming season. Some goals, some expectations, uh, kind of what the plans are for the fall, travel hunts, whatnot, and maybe even talking about, you know, just maybe about some of these, some of the bucks that we've located. Um, Velvet, hard horned, they're in our areas that we will be hunting this fall. But, you know, one of the first things I just noticed recently is, man, are the beans up by you changing and dropping leaves already? Because they are down here by me. Dropping leaves, n- not positive with that, but changing. So Friday, which would have been mm, five days ago or whatever. Yeah. Friday, you could see some spots like they were like kind of off green a little bit, not yellow. By Sunday, it's yellow. Like yeah, in two or three days, they turned a lot. So the beans are are really starting to turn here. Yeah, it, it it's funny how that works is like you'll see a little patch of yellow then you wake up the next day and drive by the same field and that patch turns into 100 yards and mm-hmm. the next day they're it's like the whole field and then you you know a couple of days after that you know when I say the the leaves dropping off the beans those are in the earliest patches that were turning yellow that that's where I'm seeing it you know but but I'm also seeing man I would say 98% of my bucks or not my bucks, but the bucks that I, I watch around here, they're all out of velvet, like very few. The only ones in velvet still are the kind of the, the, the real small year and a half olds, it looks like. But things are changing, buddy. Things are changing quickly around here. Yeah, I had a spike show up on cell cam yesterday, full velvet still. So. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, let's let's get into kind of what's happening this fall, you know. Uh, you've already talked about that you you're in a tree already kind of filming you know but this year I, di- I didn't do anything out of state in September so my true opener for me is is October 1 and you know all summer long I've been just just pounding the roads and really having a wide cast you know my nets really you know spread wide on my trail cameras but since the calendar flipped to September my miles that I'm driving are are going to go down and my trail cameras I'm tightening the grip on all those trail cameras because instead of just trying to go out and, and find bucks to go hunt now in the month of September I'm I'm zeroing in on the bucks I do have to hunt because one of my goals Aaron is we'll get to this later on in the podcast but we're going to Kansas in November so it, it it's really important for me to kill a buck in October this year. And I really, really want to kill one in those first, say, five days of October. That is that is like a, a very high priority for me this year. Like that is a huge goal. And, you know, it, it's easy for a lot of guys, I think, to go out and watch Velvet Bucks in July and August. And they put so much time into it and they kind of, back off it seems to be when they get hard horned 
But right now, it is so important for to me to really stay on them because they're they're changing so much right now. I don't know. Are you seeing are you seeing changing up around where you're at with some of the bucks you're hunting? Yeah, I would say like, you know, I got a lot of cameras out and SD card and cell cams. I shouldn't say a lot. I think I have nine or ten out, but I'm gonna put three more out this week. That'll be my last three to put out, I think, for right now. And it's something I've been bitching and complaining to you about a little bit is like, you know, I just feel like these first couple weeks of September, the bucks shed their antlers. And, and I know a shift happens. Like, I know what happens. But, like, dude, like, I just want some consistency. Like, mm. I don't have any consistency on, on cameras right now. Like, you know. I might get a shooter buck on camera and then you try to figure out a plan of why he did that. I go and and look at like the wind and where he's coming from and where do I think he's bedding and you know, all that stuff. And, and then it's like, then you never see that deer again for like two weeks. And it's like, where the hell have you been? Like, what are you doing right now? Like, why are you so like the consistency you know, I want it to be consistent so bad right now, but it, you know, things are shifting, things are changing. It's getting colder. Yep. You know, the, the bucks that, you know, I have on one farm, it's like, you look at them like, oh, there's, there's about nine deer I'd shoot this year. Those nine aren't going to stick around. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're realistically, it might be like four or five. Yep. Um, so just knowing that that shift's happening and, trying not to mentally get down because of like your cameras might not. And you know me, I'm not like a camera dick rider. I'm not like, I don't, I don't rely a ton on cameras. I like, I rely on cameras to know that a deer is there. Like mm-hmm. to, that, that I know a deer there is there to hunt. Um, I'm not just sitting at home, refreshing my phone to like, hopefully one shows up, I'm going to go kill him. Like I, I'm not that way. So, um, I think it's just a mental thing right now just to kind of stay the course of, you know, things just like you said, just trust the process and, you know, your scouting process and everything and, and just trust that when October comes around, stick to that plan because that's what, you know, when you were level headed in the spring doing all your scouting and everything, that's what everything was telling you. So trying to stick to that plan and be mentally sane still, I guess. Yeah, that that's and you nailed it, Aaron, because you and I, we've talked about this, you know, we spend all this time, you know, scouting in the off season. Then we, you know, our scouting leads to trail camera work, but we continue to scout also. But then we're, we're applying the trail cameras to our scouting. And then it's very, you know, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we, we, we start finding shooters in July and August, but then they may start, you know, dropping off a little bit. But you got to trust your process, as in you hung that camera there for a reason, or you 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 prepped a tree, or you know you want to hunt there for a reason. Where it's like you got it, you got to trust it. And and you know when this when when these bucks are losing velvet, you know I see a lot of times where it's like they'll lose their velvet and they may stick around for a few days, but then they then they then they get real sporadic for you know from seven to say ten or seven to twelve days afterwards. And I've gotten discouraged during those times before, but it's like when you play this game long enough, you'll learn that it's like 
somewhere to mid-September to the end of September, they'll kind of get back on a routine. But I've also been very guilty in the past of not keeping a tight grip on them in September because it's not as, say, you know, not as sexy to go out and film them when they're not in velvet anymore, you know, or it's, I, I've been really guilty of that. So that's, that's really important to me where it's like, what, you know, you can know all you want about them in July and August, but if your grip's gone on them in September, what chance do you really have an opening week? And I like right now to me, like that last week of September will be my most important week of the summer for glassing or I guess you know you can call it fall because it's September but like that that week right there of glassing or trail camera work or whatever the case may be that will be the most important you know and like here like here's a great example just last week on one particular farm that I have permission on you know what I noticed that you know there seemed to be a shift and the shift was from my glass and I could tell in a square mile, they were they were starting to favor one side of the square mile compared to the other. So I go out, I put my boots on, and I take a trail camera with me, and let's go find out what's going on. Instantly walked into a wall of fresh sign. Now, yes, that fresh sign was from them shedding their velvet. I mean, rubs everywhere. Bumped the bucks up. And it'd be very easy. There's been times in the past where I wouldn't have put a lot of stock into it, because I would have said, that, well, that's just them rubbing the velvet off. That doesn't mean anything else. But when I stopped and slowed down for a second, I thought, I thought about where I bumped. You know, there, there were some deer that I would have, I will shoot, given the chance. I thought about where I bumped them, but then I thought about where the sign was. And even though it was velvet shedding sign, it was telling me what, how they prefer to traverse that piece of ground and where they prefer to you know, enter and exit this bedding area. So I threw a camera up to see, and dude, I mean, you've seen the pictures, like <laughs> that that spot, Aaron, like right there without going out there and looking at it and seeing the sign, I would, I'm going to be honest for all the listeners, I would have never put a trail camera there without seeing that sign like that. So even though it is September, this that's what I mean. And I know it's, you know, a lot of times you want to stay out right now, but like if if you have questions and you need answers, you got to go out there and sometimes like there's sign being laid down right now. So maybe, you know, tightening that grip of glassing and, and looking for that sign right now. It's it's really important to me, especially because a high priority on my list is killing one that that first week of October. That's something I really, really want to do this year. Yeah. And, like you know, glassing is one of my big MOs, too. And you know, on some of my properties, that's that this year has really come to about 10%. Like it just, and how the crops are, and whether it be standing corn or whether it be, um, you know, cut wheat or, you know, anything like that, like the deer aren't in it anymore. Um, it's really, really, I wouldn't say eliminated a property, but it's, it's brought it to where it's like on the back burner now when that property used mm-hmm. to be like on the front burner. So that, that's yep. a, that's kind of a buzzkill, you know? Yeah. Um, and I would say, you know, my biggest goal this year, I'm going to rip right into it. My, my biggest goal this year is like, you know, my family farm. I've said on here before, like I, I haven't hunted up there much in the last five years or so. I'm I'm going to say maybe, four or five times just because 
other farms were producing and and or I had other obligations as far as hunting trips go that I had to, you know, film and um it's just not as convenient to to go there and and um hunt and and I'll say like it's a big big timber farm. You know, it's it's a lot of timber. So it's a it's a little harder to, you know, get on those deer and so the, my biggest goal this year is to kill a buck up there and uh i haven't killed a buck there since 2016 i shot a 120 inch eight pointer there on october 1st of 2016 great deer awesome hunt talks about that hunt in the past and um you know it, it the, and the numbers look good up there this year you know there there's there's a variety of bucks to 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 go after no gaggers, but there's some good ones. Um, and uh, that's my biggest goal. And, and, and then to couple that goal, it, it's to self-film a kill for grit, for Latitude's grit. Um, you know, so that, those are going to be my two biggest goals up there, and er, actually in general. And then uh, if I can complete that, that'll be, be good for me. I, I, my season, now nah, I, I do want to kill in Kansas, let's be honest. But my season yeah. would, be, yeah. would feel really good, be off, off to a good start. Uh, if I could kill up there. Well, let, let me ask you this. And before we get into Kansas, because that, that's, that's also going to be, a, I, got, I got about five goals here on the list, but I want to piggyback on you killing a buck up there at your cabin property. You know, your, your fall is kind of busy. Like, you know, I, I know you have some work type trips co- coming up, you know, towards, I think the end of October. And then you, then we kind of roll right into Kansas. I mean, for you to reach your goal, let's just say, kind of before gun season, what you're gonna have probably like what a three week window to really reach that goal? Would you say, man? If we're not, if we're not compiling in family stuff, as far mm-hmm. as like morning sits are non-existent unless it's a Saturday or Sunday. Okay, so no weekday morning sits. Um, you know, my daughter does gymnastics and dance. So there's two nights of the week that could be out completely just to try to get her to and from when my wife's working without compiling that. Yeah. You know, and then not to mention, you know, Kevin, uh, one of our owners, Kevin Leach, you know, he hunts some property that I know and, you know, him and I are close in proximity and. So I'll be filming him too, mm-hmm. hunt there. Um, so that's another kind of little thing that might take away from some sits as well. So, yeah, I mean, I would say three weeks at the most, but it's like I'm going to have to make some strategical, like, very educated, like, stabs. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really have to, like, really have I, – I can't go out and hole punt. I can't, like – I really got to make the best of every set that I can get. Really. I got to, yeah. I got to make, I got to make the most of it. And, um, you know, I think that's why I'm a little, that's why I'm a little anxious right now about the deer not being consistent, like odd deer being consistent because I know how education or I know not educational. I know how like educated, like the guest or the, the, the sit has to be. I know how like, precise surgical whatever you want to call it has to be and i don't have that in my head yet like (laughs) you know so 
I think that's why a little bit of my, you know, a little bit of my anxiety starting. Yeah. And you know, it, it's, it's, you, you broke that down perfectly because for all the listeners, when I say three weeks, I'm saying like a, just a three week general, like I, three weeks is a, a kind of a timestamp before Aaron probably has to hit the road. Now, Aaron's, like you said, you're not going to be hunting every day during those three weeks, you know, like it may be two or three times during a week. So that it's very minimal hunting time if you really break it down like that. But like you said, they're going to have to be very precise strikes out there, you know, but, um, what was I, I had an idea in my head that you talked about, uh, oh, this, you know, when you're, when you're mobile hunting, kind of like the way we are, Aaron, you know, I, I think a lot of times maybe like that anxiety that you feel right now, or maybe the, the little bit of stress of not having the exact known is you think back when we were a kid, like right now, when we were kids, we knew we were going October one, when didn't matter? Like it was just yep. the best spot for now. Like you said, like we're looking to take that, you know, that precise strike out there. And the thing with mobile hunting is a lot of times, like it's going to be September 29th, you know, 28th, 29th, 30th of us making that decision right when we can kind of start watching the weather when we're 10 to 14 days out, we know we're, we're constantly looking at what opening day might be. And then we're taking the, those last few days of the most re- recent information and trying to apply those and make the precise strike where it's like, you know, as prepared as we want to be, like the, the most we can do right now is, you know, prepare our gear, make sure our scouting stays up, our glassing stays up and just trying to, you know, dot all the I's and cross all the T's. But we really can't wait, you know, make that, you know, hard, you know, plan in stone until those last few days of September. And, and it's it's hard to do, right? Like, it's hard to do. You're always thinking like, man, I, I just wish I knew right now. But yeah, you know, if season started tomorrow, I know where I would go just mm-hmm. based on sign and stuff that I've scouted. Uh, and you know, but it's, it's not like, you know, me, like I hate just throwing a dart at the wall and just going mm-hmm. like, yeah. I gotta have, I gotta feel like I have a little bit of an upper hand, which it, you know, could be like a speed scout where you find like a hot scrape. Like mm-hmm. I just can't go sit in a funnel being like, Oh, the deer usually come through here. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I gotta have something you know, I'm a guy that would walk around all day on a on a out of state hunt, and if I don't find something to sit, I'm not just gonna. More than likely, I'm not just gonna throw up a stand and just sit it. You know, um, I gotta feel like, for my own psyche, I gotta feel like I have. Like, okay, there's one here. You know, I mm-hmm. I know I know there's one in the area. It's just a matter of time now. You know. So. Yep, and and like you said, like if if opening day was tomorrow, you would have a plan. But it's also like you you understand that in the next you know half a month that things are going to be moving and shifting. So the, you know, even though you would have a plan for tomorrow, that plan may look totally different. You know, in, mm-hmm. in you know how many twenty days or whatever it is till we open up. But you know, you you hit on a point about self filming, and I I that is also um very very high on on my on my goal list. And I haven't really talked to you about this a lot, but. You know, last year was the first year I've ever really kind of picked up a camera and decided to start filming some of my hunts. And during during that, that year last year, like I was going back and forth with myself because I've always been 
really secretive when it comes to my hunting, but like my very close friends and family that I, I share stuff with, like I, I really, really enjoy sharing those stories with them and carrying that camera with me last year. Like it, it became, instead of like telling my friends about it, I could show them about it. And that was, that was really cool. And you know me, I'm, I kind of have the all or nothing personality. So it wasn't like, I'm just going to go get like kind of a camera and just try it. No, like I, I went and got everything that I thought I needed. And then in the off season, added a, a, a better, you know, like a GoPro for a second angle. And, and I've, I've can legitimately say that since, you know, if you took away all of the filming last season from September one till now, there's only been one day that I forgot to take the camera in the off season. And I look, I was just dumping footage the other day. I've got, I've got like 37 days of scouting on, on camera so far this year. But one of my goals is, and I don't, I don't know if I'm going to explain this correctly or not, but to tell a good story, like to tell a good story, in my opinion, you, people got to be able to follow along with kind of what you're doing. And I'm kind of struggling with that. And, and maybe you can help me because, you know, you've done a lot of filming and stuff, but you also know my situations of hunting a lot of ground that other people hunt. Now I do hunt a ton of different ground, right? So like I, I have options and I'm not just condensed to one area, but I, I'm kind of wanting to go down the road of just, just sharing a little more, you know, like clips of some of these hunts sometimes, or it's like, you know, showing some stuff that mo maybe a lot of people don't think that can ha happen in Michigan. If, if that makes sense, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm kind of being long winded with it, but I, I don't know exactly where I'm trying to go with it, but it, it's kind of a goal for me to maybe just be a little more open, a little more open about some of my hunting. Yeah. And you know, we're all, if, if you're as ingested as we are, maybe ingested is not the right word invested for sure. And, you know, and live and breathe it literally 365 days of the year. You know, we talk deer every week, every day, almost, you know, and, and knowing you, you're a guy that like very much likes the Midwest whitetail, like storylines of like, you know, chasing a deer for multiple years and and uh, being able to share that through social media or YouTube or what have it. <coughs> so I see you, like, you know, you genuinely like that. But then you throw into the human aspect of it, like, you know, we put so much time and effort into this. And not that we don't want the other people to shoot a deer. It's just that, like, mm -hmm. we want to have an experience as well kind of thing. And, um, you know, being secretive is fine. You know, it, it really is. Uh, I'm secretive to, to an, a point as well. But I think, um, you know, you don't have to give coordinates or anything. Obviously, you know that. But mm -hmm. um, I think you're looking for that little bit of, like, um, you know, y you bought all this gear. You, you tote this camera everywhere. You put in so much time and effort only for you and your family and maybe three or four friends to like kind of reap the, reap the, like, which is fine, but you, you kind of want it to get it out there. Like, a, Hey, like here's some experiences, like almost, 
almost like a, I know you're not looking as like a validation kind of thing, but almost like validating mm-hmm. things of like, there are good deer here and there, there are, there are good experiences to be had, but it only takes one guy to like, you know, ruin that, you know? So yeah. there's always that as well. Am, am I right or wrong there? No, you, you're, you're right. You know, and, and part of the such big hesitation is I have been burnt in the past, you know, and, like and something that, I, yeah, I, I've been burnt, you know, and, but it's also like, and we've talked about this before, but I have a hard time with, and I get it. Like it's, it's people, they, they post a, say, say in the fall, I post a picture of the buck I killed. Right. And, and everyone, you know, congratulate, congratulates me, all the, all the good stuff. Right. That's awesome. But the part I've always had a, a struggle with is like, they just, they don't, the picture doesn't show what it's taken to get to that point of that picture. Right. 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 And so that's why like, and I've always been a sucker for a story. Like I said, like most of the time, it really doesn't matter to me whether you end up with a, you know, a grip and grin or not. If if you give me a good story, like I'm, I'm hooked, dude. Like that's, I want to, I want, I want you to take me along for all the, ups and downs of your story or your season or whatever the case may be, you know, but, but so like, that's, that's the part that I struggle with where it's like, how good of a storyteller am I going to be if I don't, if I'm not open to sharing some of the stuff, you know, like you said, it doesn't have to be all of it, but how good of a storyteller am I really going to be if I'm just going to be so secretive about it all? Cause that then to me at the end, then all that it is, is it's kind of the same is just the grip and grin at the end of the, the picture posted you know what i mean so right that is um i don't know how i'm gonna go about it like what the good way to do it is but th- that is a goal that is to be a little more you know open and and just may i don't know maybe share a little bit more of of my ups and downs through this season you know and because i i i get it like i look back at when i started a season not that i get quiet but i'm like get pretty get pretty quiet you know what i mean you get locked of, in you know, is what you do the, yeah i'm getting locked in man where it's like i you know the the drop the communication drop off you know drops down a lot unless like like you said it's my two or three really good buddies and i don't know i just want to get i want to get better at that man because the one thing i can tell you i've i've sh- i've completely enjoyed bringing that camera home and plugging it into the tv screen and rewatching the encounters and you know that's a lot of it too part of getting that camera for me was like, Hey guys, like, you know, there, you know, I may shoot one deer a year, but I'm having some good encounters throughout the years with some really nice Michigan bucks. And especially like, you know, it's fun to see it when you're not, you know, it's October 12th and you're not supposed to see a good buck, but Hey, here's the footage. He's right here guys, you know? So, okay. This is, I I love this because I'm going to ask you a question. That's going to be a hard question. Okay. And okay. it's, it's going to be hard for you to answer it. I really do think it is. Tell me who your number one deer is this year. Okay. What his name is. You know, give me the backstory. History on him. Whatever you want to say. There's no right or wrong. If you just want to say, don't na- I haven't named him, which I know the answer but like for everybody listening this is a this is a good stepping stone for you then Just yeah give it yeah. give it give it to us who's number one this year all right so we'll uh 
Yeah, I guess that this is this is uh if everybody I, could see it? him, he's sweating right now. His forehead <laughs> is just sweat. <laughs> this is uh what is it like, you know, when you're you're in a, a meeting and you're taking like the step one to becoming a better better human being. The, this is like step, step one is step uh, one realizing yeah. you have a problem. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I'll uh, I I'm not gonna give all the details, but I'll try to give. I'm gonna paint the best picture as possible without giving too much away. But, um, the buck that Aaron is talking about, it, he he will be at the very top of my my hit list. And this he is not the only buck that I would shoot though. I I have other bucks I'd shoot, but the, this buck here is a uh, this buck's very intriguing, and I will tell you why. Um, to kick it off, his name is Big Barry. Okay, and I don't know if okay. Um, explain anyone... why though, because there's a story behind. <laughs> okay, okay. So the deer is uh, he he's unique. He's got some kind of injury that I have not been able to pinpoint at all. I I do not. I he's got a little bit of like a scar or a chunk of hair missing on his one side, but he's he's distinctively has one odd side to his rack, right? And if anyone's, if you just, just Google Big Berry or just the meme of, <laughs> the meme of, of someone sitting on this edge of a bed, just, you'll, you'll know what Big Berry is. So, uh, oh, this okay, I'm going to explain it. No, oh, Big yeah. Berry. <laughs> I didn't, guy, I didn't know how much, to, I didn't know how much to go into. Everybody it, so. knows the meme of the big black guy sitting on the edge of the bed. And, you know, he, that guy's name. I can't remember his is his name Barry, was it Barry? I think so. I think so. There's something to to do with his re, the guy's real name. And I think his real call, name is probably Barry. Yeah, yeah, and and so we end up calling this deer Big Barry after that photo. So that's mm-hmm. and the reason being is because the deer's rack, it, like, it just <laughs> it looks has like Big Barry. It looks <laughs> like big. If you it looks like Big Barry, quote unquote. Like if you uh, you know okay just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. So in but to break this deer down a little bit, I've I've known this deer for a few years, and by no means is he the biggest deer on the hit list. You know, if you if you wanted to go pound for pound, like inches on the wall, like this deer is not he's not at the very top of the hit list, not even close. Well, the deer's been around for a few years, and I'm here to tell you if I've ever have found a whitetail that's more sporadic than this deer. It is him. And I'll give you a little breakdown of, of why I say that. One, I've I've have filmed, track tracked him, and ran cameras on him on four different square miles so far. Okay. Over say the last couple of years, I've he's only ever shown up twice actually hard horned and now I can I can officially say three times hard horned as of last week. Okay. And all three of those times he's shown up hard horned so far. It's never on the same square mile. He's only ever shown up on one trail camera more than twice. And most of the time he doesn't like show up on trail camera you'll catch him in the background because an other deer showed up on trail camera like he he has a distinct like way to just kind of slip through the cracks now the interesting part about this deer 
is, you know, cause I, I gotta, I gotta drive a ways to go find this deer in the summertime. And in, in the 2022 season, I could find them all July, but I, I would never ever film him in the same field twice. You would just have to cover a couple square miles to actually find this thing. And he was always by himself. And one of the very interesting things in the summertime is he will not run from a stop vehicle. He will just sit there and have a stare down with you, whether he's, you know, 40 yards off the road or 200 yards off the road. He, he'll just stare at you and he won't move. He'll just try to act like a statue. Now, last year he showed up on two cameras during the fall, once in October and one right before season ended on totally different square miles again. So he's, he's very sporadic. And I mean, you almost have to think of this buck. I know I've been sharing with you, Aaron, a lot about this buck this summer where, you know, if I, if I'm glassing him, I can see him a few days in a row. But like I said, you can never glass him in the same field. Like you always got to be thinking like 24 hours ahead of what he's going to do. If I glass him in one field, I'm not glassing that same field the next night because he will be somewhere else. He's proven that. And when it comes to trail cameras, it's usually going to be, he likes, yeah, I, I was looking back at this. It's somewhere between 17 to 21 days he happens to appear on, on different cameras. But like I said, he's only ever shown up on one camera over four square miles more than once. Only one camera. But like I said, like it's going to be, it's going to be 20 days. It's going to be 20 days. And a lot of times it's just him in the background. And all I can think about, is his circuit has got to be so freaking big, dude, that it is just, he's just covering ground. Never had him cross in front of the vehicle before. I haven't seen him do that. But he's uh, he's just sporadic, man. And he's he's got me so intrigued that that's why it moves him to the very top, very top of the, the hit list for me. Um, If you were to ask me a percentage of confidence of killing him it's extremely low like extremely low. like i like i'm gonna be 100 percent honest i can put in all the work i want i think to kill that deer it's gonna be simply just being a day or two ahead of them and just being in the right spot at the right time because i i i'm telling you what i have never seen a white tail act the way this buck does yeah um very sporadic very big berry like mm-hmm. uh, you know i think the name just fits him you know yeah um, and, it, and it and it's in the, the funny part is is out of all the bucks i've filmed over the last couple of years i probably have some of the best footage of him compared to any other buck but i just know i know in the fall man it says even in the summertime he does some weird stuff like right now he's doing some he's doing some weird stuff right now but I just know in the fall, man, it is. I I don't know. He he goes somewhere. He he must go somewhere that I don't have permission on. I can tell you that. So, yep, it'll be interesting to to kind of let this, you know, this storyline unfold. And now we've planted the seed, kind of. So when people listen to like the season twenty three updates and stuff like that, we can kind of keep a track on on Big Barry. And like you said, you have other deer to hunt as well. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll keep a track more on him. But like, I'm gonna transition a little bit to. To my number one this year um, is a deer that I named Boz, okay? 
Um, the deer is a brick shit house of a deer. Uh, kind of like David, like I like unique deer as well. And this deer is just a big seven point. Like he's, I think he'll score like probably he might push 110 as a seven point. Uh, mm-hmm. at least from 100 to 110 inches as a seven point, but he's just big bodied, you know, big mass. Like, and when you see him in pictures with other deer or glass him, I've glassed him in the fields, like he just, he just looks like the older deer, you know? So he's going to be my number one. And the thing is, is, you know, the farm that he's on, I don't get like deer through every year. So I, I honestly think it was a new deer. Um, I, I think he is probably a three-year-old maybe, um, he acts like it looks like it. He just kind of carries himself that way. But uh, mm-hmm. Boz is, he's hes at the top of the list for sure. Um, I'd be tickled to kill that deer. So really not, not a lot of history at all with him. Um, got a lot of pictures of him this year and seen him in the field a lot. But uh, he he's going to be, he's going to be a, a hard one to kill, I think. hes He covers a decent swath, but um, I don't necessarily think, I, I really don't think he beds on the farm I can hunt. I think mm-hmm. we just hold the food that uh, is going to get him to come over. So that that's going to pose a challenge. But um, we'll see. I, I'm excited to get after him. No, and it, you, can take, you can take his headgear completely away from him. You, you nailed it. He's, he, you're talking about a three-and-a-half-year-old deer in Michigan. It's, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> like it, no. it is, you know, it is, it, that's a tall task, man, and in and learn especially new deer too right like if you don't have any history or like you know historical data with on that deer of when he might show up or when he disappears like that it's in the beginning you know it it could just be like you might have some data points but then you're kind of throwing some sits at them trying you know educated sits but like you're still like it's it's a brand new deer you know where like you Mm -hmm. think about that or like having some history definitely helps but it also could hinder you in ways too, where you could get stuck in your ways. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, though that's kind of our our top of our list right now. And and I have the same thing. I have a lot more other deer. If they come underneath me, they're gonna get shot too. I'm not gonna hold out for just Boz, but he's the one that kind of you know he's the one that I look at that I really want to get after. And um, I will say I'm gonna throw a disclaimer out there. I'm gonna plant this seed first. Uh, there is another buck that looks exactly like him, just a year younger. And, um, you know, I've never said, like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, <laughs> if this deer comes in and I shoot him and it's a smaller deer, I'm going to be really pissed. And and, <laughs> and I'm going to make sure that it is Boz for sure because the, they're literally spitting images of the two just about 20 inches difference and a year older about. And um, so... <laughs> I'm just gonna plant that seed. There might be some ground yeah. shrinkage on one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's. I mean, and you're you're not wrong either, man. We got some of these bucks this year where, you know, I I think just last week, you know, you're like, hey, look look at this picture, man. It's an awesome buck, and you're like, yeah, it's this buck. I'm like, wait a second, I don't think it is that buck. You know, we're like some of these, some of these, you know, we get these kind of somewhat you know, quote unquote, common deer in Michigan where they have that same look to them, you know, where it's like, it could very, very easily mistake them, especially in the heat of the moment if something happens fast, you know, something happens fast. But I, I, you know, it's, 
he's he's off awesome. dude he's just i i'm kind of a sucker for box that are just big bodied like built like a brick shit house you know i love mm-hmm. bucks like that but yeah. i i will i do want to say though one thing is is i don't know i mean you know you'll know the deer i'm talking about but i don't know if i actually told you why i think he's here now but i've been i've been keeping pretty close tabs on a on a really nice buck here lately okay and he didn't show up all summer but i've been starting to think about when he show when he's showing up is the same time so i've actually lost track of of big berry other than him being in one background of a picture outside of that it's almost been 21 days since i've seen him but because i was on him pretty good in the middle of summer like i was i was on his ass pretty good but as soon as his droppings as soon as his sight droppings went off the southern buck has moved in and he's gotten pretty comfortable around there and i just it's i still like in my mind this other buck it is a direct reflection of what whatever big berry's doing i to me it's 100 percent what's happening mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it, big berry's gonna be a, a tough task but uh i think a little bit of luck's gonna have to be involved there you know what i oh, mean and no. just trying to stay ahead of a deer which you know never happens it's physically impossible to stay ahead of a deer um so throwing a stab well, here or there is gonna hopefully play play to your advantage yeah yeah and I, you know i i really wish i knew this his circuit better because if you think of this aaron you know when we, we when we hunt bucks we always go off of the most recent information of where they are right this one is like you got to think of, like you got to think of the next square mile ahead of him and that that is tough to do like you know if you get a if he pops up on a, a camera or you get a sighting of him in one square mile you would think okay i'm gonna go back in there or not 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 this deer dude you you got to be somewhere else you know but hey his his, his other buddy that kind of took his place in the area i, I will happily shoot him yeah he's a, he's a good him. consolation prize <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no man i mean i i think about you know what what my target list looks like and your target list looks like this year i mean you got to think i i you know not trying to pat ourselves on the back too much but for two guys uh, you know we're almost going to you know there's almost probably 15 to 20 bucks that we'd shoot here in Michigan. Very, every one of them's very respectable. You know, every one of them's borderline that three-year-old kind of animal where it's like, you know, we put a lot of miles and a lot of work in this off season yeah. to locate these beer, man. It's I, you've done a good job. Well, you as well, man. And I will say for everybody listening, like this, this year for the amount of deer that I would shoot has really gone up. But what has hurt is that the quality of deer, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't have a gagger. Like, usually I have a deer that's, that'll touch Pope and Young or bigger. The biggest deer I have on camera this year is probably 115 inches. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them sit from that 105 to 110 range. This is where a lot, but I've always said and I've preached, like, those are the bucks that, that's the top 10% around me. And mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot the biggest, I'm going to try to shoot the biggest deer I have on camera there or that I know about. Um, so going into it, that, that that's what I'm doing. So if you see yep. a picture pop up on social media or season 23 episode that it's like, here's a 106 inch, you know, eight pointer, like, trust me, it was calculated to go kill that deer. Like, I'm not just going out to kill a deer, just to kill a deer. Like, 
that's what I have this year, and that's what I'm hunting, and I'm I'm a okay with that. Like that is, it's not like there. Are, <clears throat> DJ, you and I talk about a lot, but like, you know, the deer that we have to hunt and everything, and like they're they're beautiful deer. They really are. They're they're good looking bucks. But have you ever heard me say like, man, you know, you and I, you know, I do have one deer that's like, you know, he showed back up on camera last night, and it's like. Mm-hmm. I know I cannot shoot this deer. Like mm-hmm. I had history with this deer last year and he was a, a puppy dog and he was a nine point, a mainframe nine point last year with three kicker points at his bases as a freaking year and a half old deer. Like if he was 11 inches wide, I'd be surprised last year. This year yeah. he shows up and he's gotten bigger and he's probably, he's probably 115 inches. Yeah. The deer's too. I would agree. And it, Yep. The deer's too. He's made a hell of a jump. He's he's heavier. He's still got the kickers. They're a little bigger. And he came to the camera last night and TJ goes, that'd be a hard deer to pass. And I'm like, I know. I said, I, I even texted you. I said, I'd probably shoot him now. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, and then as we kept texting, I'm like, no, I can't shoot that deer. Like th- if I have one deer to try to get to 140, he'll make 140 next year. Like. I have to give that. So that deer, his name is no go from now on. He's no go. And I'm not going to shoot him. I'm not going to shoot him because he's only two guaranteed. That deer is only two years old. I guarantee it. And I've got receipts to prove it. I've got pictures to prove it. So, um, but what I was that, my point I'm trying to make is I, I don't ever say like, eh, I don't know if I'd shoot him or not. Like, it's for me, it's black and white. If I look at a picture mm-hmm. and I'm like, or I see a deer, I'm like, nah, I wouldn't shoot him. Then I, I'm not going to shoot him. But all these deer that I have pinpointed, I will shoot 100% twice on Sunday. Done deal. They're from 105 to 115 inches. That's where they're at. Yep. And, and you nailed it with no go. You know, when I said it'd be hard to pass, it's because I, I know what your target list looks like. And he'd be like, if, 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 you, if we're counting inches, he'd be at the very top of it right now but it's also like you know we're gonna we're gonna try to practice what we preach you know what i mean where it's like what what if that deer kind of made it one more year right and uh it's it's a it's a good scenario you have a good scenario to be in with that deer and uh i i agree with you because we we talked about it last year you know what i mean where when we seen that buck last year like said he still had milk on his lips where it's like dude that thing that that is exactly like if we were managing a thousand acres that we'd want that deer on that thousand acres to do what it mm-hmm. ne- he needs to do, you know, but yeah, he's, he's, he, he's going to be good, buddy, but it's, it's a yeah. good thing. You got other bucks to go after too. Cause then he won't be, he won't be too tempting, you know, but you know, when, when you sit and talk about inches, you know, for people that, you know, we're kind of talking about these target lists and you said, you know, like your target list is 105 to 115 inches and you, you know, you may have, you know, eight ten twelve bucks on it or whatever where like for example in the month of july i drove 843 miles in my truck trying to find a deer a deer a buck that i thought might go over 150 okay 843 miles i found one that i thought maybe could do it right knock on all those doors got one permission piece that deer hasn't showed up over there you know so it's like you the one thing you, you can't always go off of inches here you know what i mean where like i said like my my number one target is not based on inches. It's based on how old he is, and just 
how intrigued I am by him. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. the deer's probably going to kick my ass, but like, I love that, you know? And I, I hope to take every, you know, be able to share some of the ups and downs along that ride with him. So, yeah, for sure. And I, I, so that's going to kind of commence today, but I, I don't want to get into our, our goals for Kansas because we are going to do season 23 updates every day that we're in Kansas. And we're going to do a podcast as we drive out to Kansas when we do that. And I'd really like to hit on those like then, you know what I mean? And, and talk about that trip. And, and I mean, our goal obviously is to kill a, a public land buck out there. We, we know that, but, um, I want to get more into like the, the Kansas thing as it gets closer. Mm-hmm. But as for Michigan, that's, that's our, that's our game plan. We're not really changing anything up from in the past that we've done. We know the game plan. We, we know what we have to execute. Now it's just waiting for season to get, get here and, you know, try to execute that plan. So that, that's really all I got in, in closing. Do you have anything? Yeah, I got one more thing. Give me, give me, uh, give me an October prediction for you here in Michigan. Give me a mm. date. Evening, I, morning, give me, give me something. October 13th, night, night hunt. I'll kill one. Back to back years, huh? That'd be three years in a row. Oh, three years in a row. Okay. Yeah, I, like I, I killed one. You know, I killed that Illinois deer in 2021, which if anybody's wondering, I still don't have from back from the taxidermist. 2021, I killed one and I don't have the fucking thing back from the taxidermist. I'm getting a little pissed. Actually, I have two deer from that year that I haven't got back yet. <laughs> But that's that's a personal problem for me. Um so October tw- or October thirteenth in twenty twenty one I killed that that deer in that hundred and forty mid forties ten pointer in Illinois. Last year I killed that um my first buck with the double main beam um mm-hmm. on October thirteenth. The only kicker is DJ. This I'm gonna say there's gonna be a caveat. If I can get a rain on that day, I will kill one. Mm-hmm. The two years that I did kill rained that day. Both October 13th and two years in a row rained all day for me. I got in the stand and it stopped raining and then I killed. So if I yeah. can get some yeah. sort of front, um, I'm going to, I'm going to say that October, middle of October time frame. But if I had to put a day on it, I'm going to go the 13th. Do you at all? believe in anything to do with friday the 13th at all because no. that is october 13th this year <laughs> i don't i don't believe in friday the 13th at all yeah i i just look at the calendar calendar because i'm always like you know because friday you want to talk about a good day to kill a buck friday's the day you it's know? a great day then that yeah you kill a buck on fr- the night of friday night definitely enjoy some beers that next night coffee the next morning college football that day beers that night like friday is a fantastic day to kill a buck dude yeah what about you do you have a prediction yeah uh so okay i haven't even told you yet but it's gonna i i gotta go knock on a door for not hunting i've already been turned on for hunting permission there but i need access permission and i i think i may be able to get it because i built a good relationship because if i can do that i i am gonna throw a morning hunt at this area, most likely. But if not, October 2nd evening, I'm going to kill one. Oh, okay. I like it. Yeah. 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 I it'll like either it. be, it'll be one or, I don't know. I mean, Big Barry could show up through there, but if not, it'll be, there's, there's two other bucks that are 
that use some of the same home area that Big Barry uses. And that's an important thing too, is having a target box, but also having, uh, you know, a couple target box, maybe in the same, say square mile or piece of public land that you're hunting that, you know, your number one doesn't come by, but maybe two and three are right there with you too. I like it, man. Good, uh, good prediction. So let's, uh, let's let this one, let this one go. And uh, thank you guys for listening and all the support and all the downloads. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and leave a written review. And uh, go to Spotify and do the same as well. And don't forget, go to fallpodcast.com and uh, buy some merch. So thank you guys very much, and we'll see you right here next time on The Fall Podcast. Fall Podcast.